Hi everyone, you are listening to Teaching Journey Podcast, Connecting Through Early Education, Episode 6. I'm very excited for this episode because Dorian Prinzi is truly inspiring and a beautiful person. Her professional journey is very impressive and she has stayed humble and true to herself as she navigates through the different terrains of professional experiences in early childhood. She talks about how privileged she is to work with children and families, and she uses the word privilege a lot throughout our conversation. She explained how her connections with families have helped her to grow as a person and as a teacher, and she's thankful for that growth and connection. But just thinking about what we do every day with children, I never really considered the word privilege until she mentioned it. And it is true. The deep, meaningful relationship that we form as we try to understand the child as a whole and how families open their doors into their lives for us because they trust us. It is such a privileged position to be in. My posthumanist in me really unpacks these discourses around our relationships with families and children and how I wonder if I too is perceived as a privilege and if I do open my doors to build that trust in families. And I think we all do. Think about the children of families that we have formed connection with and is still in contact with them. But I thought we should ponder on that concept for a moment and consider if you see your connections with others as a privilege. And I wonder if that perspective might change and what that might look like with the next encounter you have with the person or in this instance with families or children. And then consider extending that concept to your colleagues. And I wonder if that makes a difference to how we communicate with them. Another thing to ponder, and I'm going to quote Dorian now in all my presentation, is trust the evolution of growth. There is always so much of fear that comes with change. And if we don't trust the process and don't really trust ourselves, then growth can be a tricky transition. In early childhood, we talk about embracing growth in children and how we recognize that each individual child is unique on their own developmental journey. So if we recognize that, then why is it such a struggle for us to embrace on our own evolution of growth? I know that sometimes I can be very hard on myself when I don't learn or pick things up quick enough or that I'm not in a professional level like others, for example. It is my imposture that tells me that I'm not good enough and that my fear mode kicks in and I will go into this hole of constantly putting myself down. And it's so weird because we use a lot of strength-based approach with children and that is reflected in a lot of the work that we do, but yet we struggle to put that into practice with ourselves. Like Dorian say, listen closer to the positives. Just listen and push aside all that chatter that your impostures are telling you. And then embrace the fear or worries that you have. Feel it. Listen to it. Acknowledge it. And I think that when we go through this process, and I know for myself, we learn to let go of things that we can't control and focus on being present and on what you can do in action here and now. And then with all of that, celebrate the evolution of growth that you have just embarked on because you, my friend, is growing up. So here it is, episode 6 with Dorian Prinzi. Enjoy. Hi everyone, 
Sitting here with me on our sixth episode is the lovely Dorian Quincy. I'm so excited to have you here because not only you are a busy bee that's so hard to catch, thank you, um, but you're such a wealth of experience and knowledge, um, and I'm so looking forward to your brains today. Um, I know you as our preschool field officer at Mullins Council, and you have also been an active in lots of leading various projects within the Children's Services Union at Morland. Um, and you have been in the sector for 20 years now, uh, which you have started your journey on as an early child educator and then obtained your Bachelor of Arts in early child education, which you then work as a kindergarten teacher. And how long was that for? Do you remember? So I worked as a kindergarten teacher in a long daycare integrated program for yeah. eight years and then moved on to working in a sessional kindergarten program for three of those years. And I, I really valued the opportunity to work um, in both of those models because it helped me to first build on my professional experience and my professional knowledge, but to also identify um, what, what values I really held close in regards to how I work with children and families. In an integrated program, you've got a very progressive morning drop-off, for example, and you find yourself engaging with families um, naturally at those pick-up and drop-offs. And in a sessional program where you've got families coming all at once, I found myself missing out on that and making it a real um, focus in making sure that I um, approached every family member at any given pick-up and drop-off to ensure that um, it was fair across the board as well. And I even had a, a bit of a list going on to make sure I was keeping track of the families I was engaging with more or less and making sure that it was um, in integrated and inclusive. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. I love how you've got like a system. Uh, always, always about systems. A, a spreadsheet somewhere, yeah. a little tick in the box, <laughs> and I love that. Um, but you also have your certificate for in training and assessment and you worked in Melbourne Polytechnic as a training assessor and at University of Melbourne as well as a teaching fellow mm -hmm. in their Masters of Teaching program. Um, you've done a lot of um, you know, information sessions for families, professional development sessions for teachers and educators. You've been very busy. But your resume is very impressive and really inspiring because it really shows how diverse our sector is in terms of opportunities and growth. Um, but more so that you've actively participated in all opportunities and I think that's really important for us to kind of just go, actually, I want to involve myself. I want to yeah. look out and, and reach out to people and find opportunities that I can yeah. you know, share and learn and grow. Um, so you are a hardworking and diligent person. Thank you. Very kind of you. Yeah. Um, but just listening to all of that, that journey that you've had, how does that feel like, you know, thinking back that 20 years and, you know, 20 years is actually a short time to be able to have that. Yeah. It's, I often, I actually, it's, it's funny you should say that because I often see children I've worked with and my first group of children are probably out of university by now oh, which is yes, really yes. sort of sort of hard to get your head around but um because I feel like um it that time hasn't come and gone and it hasn't passed but when you see the children you've worked with and you see that their growth you think well no actually 20 years has passed and and I think I remember when I was at university um one of my lecturers talking about um taking up opportunities and not um being fearful of them because um they open up one opportunity opens up to another opportunity. And I remember 
the Certificate Forum Workplace Training and Assessment came up um, as an opportunity because I, um, I did it through Kangen Institute and I remember they were offering a deal. Um, and I remember thinking, well, now's a good a time than any. It's been something you've been thinking of, so go ahead and do it. And it was part-time evening classes um, after work, which was challenging at times and the workload um, as far as assessment went was quite intense. Yes. Um, so juggling full-time work with a, a part-time study. But you always sort of know, but by the end of it, it's going to be worthwhile. And um, I didn't sort of do the training with a strong focus of as soon as I'm finished, I'm going to use it. But it was another notch on my professional development belt that would um, maybe take me somewhere one day or yeah. build on my skills. Um, and, um, and that was um, Melbourne Polytechnic, the first step into training and assessments with Melbourne Polytechnic. And um, if I can just jump into it, I remember thinking to myself, this is amazing. I'm going to be able to make this massive difference in our sector. I'm going to be able to, you know, support teachers, brand new teachers coming in to study in the early years and really promote and support sort of that pedagogy and philosophy around best practice and partnerships with families and children and, and service providers and all that kind of stuff. And then I found myself um, engaging in that in that space and going, this is fantastic, but I'd like to explore other things. And um, again, it just happened to be that um, an opportunity came up at council to um, apply for the teaching fellow role at, um, through Melbourne University. And that's where I found myself doing the teaching fellow role, which um, again, opened up more learning and more opportunities, which helped me to continue to grow, um, not just professionally, but also personally. Um, one. Um, I was so scared um, initially. I remember thinking, I'm working um, at Melbourne University, at the University of Melbourne. This is um, not something I'd ever imagined I'd be um, doing, let alone um, competent enough to do. But here I was, a successful applicant. And then um, I found myself growing in more confidence, even just as a practical IT, on the IT level and learning um, so many new things and going, this is actually not that scary. This yeah. is actually something I absolutely can do. Yeah. And it's about having that fear, but walking straight ahead and not um, letting that hold you back. Sounds like a bit of a cliche, but, but it, it very true, was very much it? like that, yeah. yeah. And if you talk about list and structures that mm. you're talking about, you know, before, with, you know, making those connections with families, is that somehow implied in building on that courage when you have those fears? Is that something that you kind of go through a little checklist in your head? All right, when I'm in a space of facing adversity and I've got this unknown territory that I'm going to walk into, what do you physically and mentally do? Good question. Um, you, you've taken me back. We had a, uh, there was a moment, a specific moment, which I'll share where we had a, um, I can't remember what they called them then, so um, you might know, Dee, when we break out from the bigger lecture to a smaller lecture. Like uh, workshops or seminars? Seminars, or the, the seminar, yes. the seminar. And I remember we had a specific topic and I remember being um, feeling nervous about um, having opportunity to share my knowledge with the, the, the students. And I remember sitting on the tram um, with prepared notes that I'd made and just sitting there and going through them, making notes and just being well prepared mm -hmm. so that um, 
for me, if I put something down on paper, that supports me to remember things and for it to be sort of secured in my brain space um, so that it helps me when I am having conversations or sharing information. And then naturally, the passion I have for what I do overtakes any kind of fear you have because you find yourself talking in such a natural way that um, promotes any kind of message you're trying to give to teachers and I think that's so valuable because um, without passion in the in this field I feel that you'd struggle yeah yeah and especially with the sector at the moment we spoke about before recording that the reality of the sector in crisis mm. at the moment and so finding passion and finding people that you can connect with can be a little yeah. bit of a challenge at the moment spaces of networking is a little bit limited because of time um you know so to much allow, you yeah know, to attend into those network spaces so how do you you know actively find passion where does it come from for you and good question is that from <laughs> someone that you kind of like you know, that do you look up to that you're often checking or have a mentor? Not initially I did have a mentor. I know when I worked as a long daycare integrated teacher, um, I did I was lucky enough to have this amazing mentor um, who worked on site at the service, not necessarily a part of the, the long daycare centre. Um, and that was invaluable because that mentor wasn't only someone that was supporting me professionally but uh, and I guess it maybe it was professional as well but when there were moments where I was feeling deflated or um, something may have happened with a parent and um, perhaps I wasn't feeling the strength I felt I needed to have I was able to go to this mentor and get um, support guidance but also that um, that moral support and that welfare support um, from them as well so um that was extremely supportive and extremely valuable for me. And um, just knowing someone that you could go to someone that you could trust mm. um, that wouldn't go and, you know, share your stories with anyone else without your permission and all that kind of stuff, that was really, really valuable. And she came from a wealth of knowledge and um, I felt quite privileged to be able to um, have her take on that role. And it started off as a, a bit of a friendship and then, um, a, you know, working relationship and then we had... We actually had a conversation about let's maybe look at formalising this friendship and making it more of a mentor role so that maybe we can have um, set time to meet and it's not just um, ad hoc and as it happens or as it's needed, we actually had um, formalised it a little bit, which was also a really nice way of um, making sure that there were those um, consistent check-ins yes. as well as we're maintaining that level of professionalism as well, which is important. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think that's something that's lacked off, that, you know, finding that person that you can rely on. Mm. Um, and it's important with what you mentioned before, that having a set time, allocated time, so that you've got that space, that uninterrupted space yeah. to, um, you know, speak safely yeah. um, and share. Um, and that's something that we do have um, is in need and is lacked off in our sector, unfortunately, because the reality of, you know, just, all right, let's step up in the room. Um, we need to be covered off this. That's right. And that's what we're finding as well. And it's squeezing in conversations about pedagogy while the children are sleeping. Yes, or, yes. And, and, and that's, and that's mm. working with what we've got. Yes. But it's also so important to consciously say, okay, when we do have the time, 
or when you know the sector isn't in turmoil because of staffing issues yes. let's really make it a point that we're having those professional conversations yes. in a professional space yes. and in a professional way because it not you know it doesn't just support the practice mm. and our work with children and families and with each other but it supports our well-being as well because we're able to um have a really strong sense of satisfaction about the work we do yes. and how we do it and um, to be professional. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yes, yeah. And it can be such an isolating, you know, role as well because, Absolutely. you know, you're on your own, you're there, you know, going through the challenges and yeah. celebrating the, you know, moments on your own. So why not share that with someone else? Yeah, and, and I mean... I'm definitely not short of a few words whenever I need to and I love having a conversation because you find that, um, again, this might sound like a bit of a cliche, but you're not alone mm. in how you're thinking or you share the same ideas or similar ideas to other people or someone might challenge an idea or vice versa and, and you're really supporting that what we now call reflective practice yes. and building on practice and pedagogy so that we can um, keep... I guess excited about the work we do mm. and keep that sort of yeah keep that level of excitement and what we do and how we do it making it worthwhile and meeting our needs as well as meeting the, the needs of families and, and children yeah, as well yeah, if that makes sense yeah, yeah. No, definitely yeah and so now you are a preschool field officer yeah, <laughs> commonly yes, known as i'm so used to that acronym yeah so now you're a preschool field officer what is that like are you enjoying the role does it offer a whole different perspective and challenges and you know moments of celebrations that is completely it sure different does to, yeah, on the floor. i do feel extremely privileged to be able to work um, within Moreland mm. with such an amazing group of um, professionals, um, mainly in kindergarten because that's what our role is funded for, of course, but we obviously also um, encounter and work with lots of different people. But um, there are challenges, but um, it's not to say that there's it's a negative thing. The challenges are negative, and I think a big part of um, what we do in the early years is we help and support families um, and children in different journeys that they're at. And for me, being in this role is something I value because it's allowing me to stay connected with kindergartens and not be solely in, say, an administrative role, um, which is um, something perhaps I've never really wanted to be um, close to or heavily into because I do love that connection with children, that connection with teachers. and and I find myself, um, I guess, in somewhat of a, not a mentoring role, but that sort of consultative yes. kind of role where, again, I, I'm so fortunate to work with teachers of varying levels of experience and I never see myself as going into a kindergarten as an expert. It's just we've come with different levels of experience and let's work together and collaborate mm -hmm. so that we can maybe build on strategies or um, look at different referral pathways to best support this um, child and family's needs. So yeah. um, I do feel extremely um, blessed, you could say. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of mentorship role, um, because it looks completely different to different people in terms of what yeah. they can offer and, you know, the style of, you know, and, and it really comes down to your characteristic as well. Mm. What do you think that looks like for you when it comes to mentoring? Like, 
Is that something that you have worked towards and building on? Is that something that you've discovered? Um, good question. Um, good question. I think a bit of both. Yeah. I think a bit of both where you find yourself as a new graduate working yeah. in a kinder program and I remember thinking to myself, um, especially when I had the first um, parent-teacher interviews in my first year out, I remember thinking to myself, what knowledge have you got to share with these families? What do you actually know? Um, so going from that point to drawing on your university knowledge and experience or the theoretical experience and the practical experience, because I was very lucky to have a lot of practical experience prior to working as a teacher because I did my um, diploma to start with and I worked as an educator mm -hmm. to start with, um, and building on that knowledge and evolving as a professional, again, taking opportunities, connecting with different networks, different professionals, all of that kind of stuff. And I truly, I'm a big believer, this is sort of my life philosophy as well as my professional philosophy, that you find yourself where you need to be at any given time. And I feel that um, every opportunity that I've maybe said yes to or every failure or every challenge I've hopefully learnt from them and it's gotten me to where I am today yeah and that's a lot of work that comes with to look at it in that perspective mm. um, to kind of embrace failure because not everyone has the ability to do that because it requires a lot of yourself unpacking your own truth yeah uh, and just sitting down and being comfortable with the uncomfortableness yeah, within yeah, you. Yeah. And so, you know, that process, what is that like for you? Is that an overnight process? That absolutely moment? not. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Nothing is overnight. Or yes. For me, nothing has been overnight. Yeah. It has literally been a progression, a progression of um, building on practice, um, willingness to feel uncomfortable, um, and do it anyway. I remember when I started, I used to be so afraid of public speaking, like real fear of public speaking. And then I found myself studying early childhood, whether it was the diploma and then I'm moving on to the bachelor. And that was part of the requirements. That was what we had to do for university. We had oral um, assessments and all that kind of stuff. And I actually thought to myself, well, oh, this is just, you're going to have to overcome this fear. You can't, and not that I consciously said you can't let it hold you back, but mm. it was like, well, I have to do this if I want to graduate. Yeah. And I just did it. And then you find yourself building and continually building on those skills. And again, I didn't really consciously think about it. It was just a part of my professional um, pathway and something I felt that, well, if I want to be the kind of teacher I'm aiming to be, this is what I have to do and not... Um, yeah, and understanding that people are people when you're working with people and just like you're a person and you've got your fears, they've got theirs and I'm sure they're not going to be too hard on you if you don't say the right thing or, you know, you mumble like your words or whatever it might be, you know. Yeah. 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 And that's really hard because I <clears throat> have that fear as well. And <laughs> we were just talking about that before we started this yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I remember and, and this stems from back in the day when I was in primary school and... For some reason, I joined this um, 
I think it was like a storytelling storytelling competition. I remember that right now. And I remember standing on the stage completely blank yeah. and just stood there for a good 10 minutes because I just freaked out yeah. by all eyes on me. And since then, I still remember that fear. I remember that feeling of, you know, everyone looking at me. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely understand yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, But um, I'm in a position now that I, you know, am, yes, you know, running seminars and, you know, lectures and, you know, doing lots of professional developments mm. and, you know, and somehow you built on that. You and do. I remember mm. that I had to memorize what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, but lo and behold, COVID happened and it was fantastic because we'll have professional development on the computer and so I'll have my little script at the I agree, yes, <laughs> and it, it makes a difference, yes, doesn't it? Yeah. and that actually helps my confidence. Yeah. So somehow we just navigate and find our way, don't we? We do, we absolutely do. And, um, I mean, even throughout COVID, there are silver linings in every situation you yeah. find yourself in. You find that there's going to be a silver lining yeah. um, and it's, I guess it's about being... Um, having an open mind to search for those um, silver linings and to see what's great in um, yeah. the current situation we're in. But I completely relate to the online presentations because yeah. it, it is a hand in. I've had a few face-to-face -face presentations since COVID, um, but then because I've had so much experience in using a device, I'm a lot more confident now silver lining, a lot more confident now in having a laptop in front of me yeah. and accessing my notes while I am presenting in a face-to-face -face space yeah. as opposed to being so fearful about, oh, my goodness, how many times are you going to be looking at your notes or what are you going to do? So just being more comfortable with that um, yeah. in yeah. that space as yeah. well. So. And I think that confidence um, is definitely a work in progress because I think 100%. everyone would go through that. And I can imagine like a lot of beginner teachers, for example, mm. doing their first, you know, parent teacher interview or their kindergarten info mm. night session. Oh, I remember those days. Mm. My hands were sweating and you know, holding that overly prepared. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> pages and pages yeah, of yeah. notes. Um, but you know, just remembering those moments uh, and where we are now, it's mm. just it's, it's definitely a journey. One hundred percent. And you know, that we you know, are not alone because everyone goes through that journey. That's right. And I think, you know, just being kind to yourself as yep. well. Yeah. And, you know, and I know that you're such a positive person. You, you're too kind. You, Thank know, you. you. You are. Like, you always find, and like you said, you always find a silver lining in a lot of things. Yeah. Is that something that you have gone through a process yourself or is that something of an innate behavior that you've always had? Good question. Um, could possibly be innate, but it's definitely been also very much a conscious thing mm. about um, finding those silver linings, the glass is half full, all that kind of stuff. And we're all human and we all have those moments where perhaps it's not that um, rosy mm -hmm. um, and that's okay as well. One thing that I often... Um, consider in those moments is that this is going to pass this will pass and no matter how bad it might seem it will pass and um strangely that gets me through do you know what i mean but it's about um and perhaps this is maybe something that is innate or something i've learned over the years um is that 
um, what lessons have I taken from this and what can I do differently? What can I learn? How can I engage um, in a different way? And, and just try to consider that. Again, not all of the time. Sometimes it's um, getting home, opening up a packet of chips, sitting on the couch and watching trashy TV, yeah. and that gets you through. Do you know what I mean? But And I think it's definitely been a journey and I've truly had the privilege of working with some amazing people of having some amazing families as my parents at work and the children. And I've learnt so much um, from these people. And I, I often, you know, so much, I guess, when you're thinking about the way your mindset or, you know, how you view life. But simple things like also sharing recipes and craft ideas with families and relating with them on a personal level because it's one something that you're also interested in. So. I, I feel that as a professional and I, I feel that the work we do is a vocation. It's not a job. It's something that we do because we love it. Um, um, we, we are, I guess, drawn to help and connect with others if you're working, I feel, if you're working in this field. Um, that I've learned so much professionally, but my work has also shaped me on a personal level, if that makes sense. And the people I've encountered, the experiences I've experienced, the um, the good and the bad, have shaped me to be the person I am today. And um, I feel like I've kind of, um, you know, how lucky is that? How good is that that you can do a job but also grow personally because of that job? And obviously that's going to be reflective. Your personal growth is going to reflect in your professional journey as well. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's so important because often, you know, we, yes, we do talk about, you know, the active reflection mm. and that engagement with self and our own wellness mm. in our journey. But we often don't really talk about with the people that are influencing us throughout yeah. that process and how meaningful those small little moments yeah. of connection Brings. such a privilege it really is i'm not just saying it it really is a privilege isn't it, it is, that we get yeah. to connect with and we and i often think in some instances and in all instances we've got these families that are entrusting their pride and joy into our care and into our our support and our education um and what a important job that is that we get to support families new families with you know first-time parents with um, being a parent and engaging and being able to share in that time of their life with them. Isn't that amazing if you think about it that way? Of course, yeah, of <laughs> you know? course. And, you know, I've worked in long daycare settings where I've seen these children from, you know... Birth to off to much, school. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just amazing to be a part of that community because, yeah. you know, when we do engage with families, it's that trust that we build on. You know, we're opening our windows and they to yeah. the families to us. And so that connection is, you know, it's a whole different... Yeah. You, you can't really explain that because it's just such a beautiful connection. You actually you can't. You're right. You can't yeah. really explain. And I think, again, I think of some of the families I've worked with over the years and I'm so grateful to have had them in my life and, had, and for them to have trusted me to educating care for their child at yeah. the same time as well and and let's not forget to mention the little people that we get to work with and what valuable lessons we pick up from them yeah. um what you know i think it's just um something again that's how can i put it 
you can't take for granted. No. You can't take for granted. And um, I'll use the word privilege again. It's a real privilege. Yeah, definitely. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Now you spoke about you know the things that you do to connect with yourself. Mm-hmm. Is what it is that you do right now in terms of self care? Um, you know what it is. I mean, we did spoke. You did mention about you know sitting down watching. You know, thankfully, crappy yeah. Um, <laughs> thankfully, that doesn't happen <laughs> that much. That's not a good self care. Yeah. I mean, look, each to their own, I guess. Okay Sometimes it's necessary, though, though, isn't yes, it? I agree. Yeah, good um, high too. salt intake and sugar <laughs> intake and all that kind of stuff. But um, I I enjoy being outside. Yeah, I love being outside. Um, so I'll I'll go for walks. I've got a little dog that we get to go for walks with. Um, and I love getting my hands dirty. Love gardening, digging, all that kind of stuff. Love doing all that kind yeah. of stuff. And it's kind of nice because it fits into the jobs that need to be done as well. So it's kind of a nice way of um, being mindful and engaging in self-care while you're, you know, planting um, lettuce and spring onion or whatever it might be. So I do really love um, gardening and things like that. Um, I love reading. So if you've got any good books you can recommend, I'm open to hearing about them. Love reading. And I think that is something I struggle a lot more with in um, giving myself the time to do that. Mm. And especially, I mean, we're all busy. We're all sort of busy. So when, and if you find a good book, I think you're kind of forced into that time because you just want to see what happens next. Yeah. But um, love reading. So, um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's so important to make this time for yourself as it well. Is. I think, you know, often we do forget, like you said, we do get busy mm. all the time and you I, well, I usually say, you know, sometimes I do feel like I'm a hamster in a wheel, just constantly churning away. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, it's about acknowledging that and just stopping and, like you said, picking a book up and, you know, yeah. just, I'm going to start something to break that cycle, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And even just going to sit, like, I love, I do love being outside. I find mm. myself, if, um, if I can be, I'm going to be outside. Um, and finding just a time to, to sit without a device, without a phone or anything like that because um, it's easy to... It's so hard to sit without a device, isn't it? And, Dee, it's so easy. <laughs> As you, I'm, I'm just going to go outside or I'm just going to do this. Just yeah. think, I'll grab my phone just in case yes. someone rings me. And I then you find yourself yes. scrolling through Pinterest going, yes. oh, that's interesting, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is there's value in that as well. Yes. But I, I do find that um, I like to have complete disengagement um, where if someone is calling me in that moment, that's okay if I don't pick up the phone because yeah. I don't have to and I can call them back and it's yeah. not the end of the world, that kind of stuff. So I'm um, consciously thinking about that as well, yeah. consciously being aware of how I'm using that time. And um, if I am, you know, we're all sort of, um, you know, it's part of how we exist. We've all got sort of phones and, you know, um, social media to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so just being conscious of, Balancing that part of your life as well, I think, for me, yeah. is important. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And in terms of your professional journey now, mm-hmm. what's your new project? What are you focusing on? What are you been working on? Um, I think um, at the moment in the PSFO role, that's been a, a nice, solid um, weighing in my existence. Um, the the role has changed a little bit in the sense that we've got new PSFOs on board in Moreland. I've got the lovely Will and, and Tina that I work with 
So um, engaging in that space, and that's so brand new still, so engaging and um, walking through this newness with them and finding our beat and finding our rhythm, so to speak, and ways that we can continue. Um, and, the, you know, I've always really valued as a teacher my connection with, uh, my PSFOs, which was Sophie and, and Marie. Are we allowed to name names? Yes. yes yeah. <laughs> so um, very, very, and they, and and I know the value I received from that. So using that to, um, I guess, mirror how I work and connect with teachers. And um, I'm not being biased here, but I do feel that Moreland has and does it really well. I agree. Um, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just focusing on that. And um, with um, no sort of other external projects at the moment, I also just moved house. So that's been a massive part, um, you know, that's been a massive part and just settling into that new space. And um, it was a bit of a tree change. So we just... Um, settling into that space for now and that's been nice and um, juggling personal life with work life and just trying to do the best you can with what you've got especially at the moment with um, I think not that I want to sort of harp on about what we've been through over the past two and a half years but it's been there have been massive challenges um, personally and professionally for everyone I'm sure but trying to nurture that as best as we can in our profession and um, keeping it real, so to speak. There's so much. We really do see the burnout effect because we, we do have the privilege of working with so many different teachers. So seeing the burnout effect um, on the sector at the moment, um, the professional exodus, as they're calling it, you've got so many teachers and professionals leaving the field because they just don't want to do it anymore or they don't feel valued and, and all that kind of stuff. So trying to... Um, support that as much as possible and to um i guess focus on why we do what we do which is the children and families as well but most importantly also taking care of who you are yeah Yeah, so important so important Mm. checking yeah your why i think Mm. get so caught up with all the white noise that we forget about ourselves yeah when identity yeah chaos and it's been tough it's been hard it's been like it's been um like i remember when we were in lockdown we were we were working from home predominantly Mm -hmm. in the initial lockdown and talking to other teachers or directors and we had different challenges we faced different challenges um but no matter which way you looked at it one way or another we've all experienced a level of trauma throughout this experience um it's not over yet I think this year's presented its own challenges, but identifying that and just I've I've said throughout this whole thing, um, it just highlights the resilience of the people that work in in early years, and we are a very very resilient bunch, yeah. and I think that needs to be celebrated, yeah, and acknowledged yeah. as well, yeah, yeah, definitely. And in terms of your personal, you know, growth, um, and you know, looking at uh the leadership side of things is there anything that you are kind of hoping to work towards um i think similar to what i said earlier i don't i'm not consciously thinking of Mm. anything specific or what i'd like to do or where i want to be in a year or two or three it's more let's just see where i end up yeah and um with depending on what 
opportunities are presented um, to me and um, I truly trust that I will find myself where I need to be at any given moment. And yeah. At the moment, here I am talking to you and um, this itself, I remember thinking before we started how I was feeling a little bit nervous, but then thinking, well, this is an opportunity and that's why I've said yes to it. So, um, so just, yeah, thank you for that, I guess, as well. No, yeah, I think it's really important to celebrate your journey as well. Thank you, know, you Often Dee. we yeah. don't have those moments to sit down and just kind of unpack mm. and share that. And, you know, your story resonates with me and I hope that resonates with a lot of people yeah. listening in as well. And that's the purpose of, you know, why we have this podcast is um, to make those connections. Yeah. And like you said that, you know, your growth and your journey is not your own. It's also the people that you make those connections with. Absolutely. And how, how things resonate with you. And so we hope that, you know, somehow someone is listening somewhere. Lovely, that's lovely. You know, yeah, that I'm yeah. just kind of going, oh, actually, I'm not. Absolutely that I not. can actually go through mm. this fear uh, of the unknown and this space of, of challenges with and adversity. It, and I feel like, okay, 20 years, but so much has changed yes. in our profession. So as a new graduate now, um, mm. there's a lot to think about, a lot to consider, but don't be overwhelmed by that. Just take it one step at a time. Again, a bit of a cliche saying, but honestly, just take it one step at a time. Do the best you can with what you've got. As long as you you know you've tried your best, you can only do that. You can't do much more than that. You know what I mean? So um, I think yeah, giving yourself um, the opportunity to evolve and grow as a professional um, is important. And it, yeah, it, it's taken me 20 years to get to this point probably another 20 years to, to, to continue on, you know what I mean? So um. Yeah, but there's also a good message that, you know, often, and I remember back to day one when I started in a kindergarten room as mm. a kindergarten teacher that, you know, I need to get this right straight away. And yeah. like I say, it takes 20 years. It does it takes take time. a really long time. It absolutely um, does. Because not only you have to find a self-identity, you have to, you know, build relationships with children, understand mm. the new systems. Um, understand who you are in the space. Yeah. Um, you know, picking out all those challenges, lots of growth and learning. Lots of growth and learning, and and you grow up. Like not not grow yes, up. Like do. I was I was twenty. I was actually nineteen when I started working as a That's diploma amazing. educator in yeah. in um, a long daycare centre in the west. Mm. Here I am now in my forties. And you think, goodness gracious! So you, you actually you grow as a person as well, and you obviously you change because you're you're, you're growing, and um, it is a beautiful thing. It is lovely um, to be able to have the opportunity to um, mature, <laughs> you yeah. could say, and grow. Um, because um, one of my parents actually said this to me once: "Youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. If only we had that youthfulness and the knowledge we know now." But then that's not how life is. So it's about just enjoying the journey and taking it step by step. And um, I think if you've got that willingness to grow and evolve, then and you, you're open to it, then that's going to happen for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That's a beautiful message. Yeah, and I think being open. I think it's really important. Yeah. But um, you know, but we all know that being a teenager, growing, it's like well, that's and, right. and being open. It's like what do you mean being open? Yeah. Like, you know, I am who I am. So. Yeah. But we go through all that journey. We do. Anyway, we do. Yeah. I can't. I think I thought when I left high school, I remember thinking, "This is it. I'm an adult yes. now. Yeah. I know everything there yes. is to know." And I, I knew absolutely nothing. I knew what I needed to know in that moment, yeah. 
as a 20-something, um, um, and now I know what I need to know in this moment, you know what I mean? Definitely. But yeah. it's definitely been a journey and it hasn't happened overnight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. Well, you've actually answered my last question. Um, okay. You know, one, one advice that you would tell your beginning teacher self, um, and you mentioned, you know, taking it slow, mm. one step at a time. Is Absolutely. there anything else that you like to kind of like, actually, I should have told that to myself. I learn. I think that one step at a time and not to be um, trust that you know what you're talking about because you've done the study, you've mm. been to university, mm -hmm. you've got the knowledge and um, that, and actually this is something one of our lecturers told us, that you'll learn so much in practice. We've given you this knowledge, you've got your, 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 your bachelor, you've got your, your, you know, your degree, um, but you're going to keep growing and you're going to keep learning and things that maybe we've told you but you would never be able to make sense of without living it and without experiencing it in the in the job. I think that's the biggest thing. And to, to just, um, again, this keeps coming up, but just to trust that evolution, that yeah. growth, to trust that growth and you're going to keep learning. You might have a difficult um, situation that you're working through and you'll find that the third, fourth time you're dealing with a similar situation, you're going to pick up on knowledge that you've learnt from the very beginning and you're going to keep growing and, and building in that space. Yeah, yeah. I like so. that trust, the evolution of growth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah, it's been. something that we often don't put mm. ourselves into a position where, all right, I'm going to enjoy this, you know, mark making and mistakes right. and, you know, um, challenges. You know, and I think what you've offered and shared today, it's definitely inspiring because, you know, often yeah. we are always focusing on things that are not right and things that are negative and it's so hard to move away from yeah. that. Listen closer to the positives. Um, yes. I tend to um, spend a lot more time focusing on what I did wrong as yes. opposed to what I've done really well human nature yeah, i so don't know we yeah. are and i think you actually Dee, we've had a conversation previously and you've done a presentation at moreland on the imposter syndrome yes haven't you yes yeah, yeah. so um learn about what the imposter syndrome is about and um don't let it um impact too greatly on how you see yourself as a teacher yeah. and enjoy the children honestly i think it's just um I do miss that sometimes having that that those those really connected relationships with the children that you get to work with for that year. So just being yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you, you for having me. Lovely, and um, yeah, thank you. I, I hope that you know what you've shared today connects with people, um, and I, I believe that. Thank you. Know, you. you do. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and, and well done to you. This is fantastic that you're doing this. I really Thanks, think so. Thank you.